All right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Metro Praise International. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Who's excited this morning to get in the presence of the Lord? We want to thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate and love you so much. If we can please stand as we get ready to worship the Lord. My name is Pastor Berto, one of the pastors here on staff. Uh, we like to start out with a testimony every Sunday morning. Let's give it up for our sister, Cynthia Roldan. She comes up and testify. Good morning, guys. Oh, what can I testify about today, huh? Well, I want to thank God. I want to testify about God's healing power. You know, I'm a person that struggles with many pains, many different types of pain. But um, through it all, I can always say that God always brings me through. And... Um, I would like to encourage you that he can do the same for you. You know, there's inner and outer healing in life that has to be dealt with and done with and dismissed with. And with God, all things are possible. Two weeks ago, I had a back injury, and I'm still dealing with it, but I deal with other things. And in that bed where I laid for a week straight, barely being able to get up and go to the bathroom, that was the time that I felt God the closest to me because I didn't have anyone else. Well, you know, everyone else works and so forth, but I had him and he was there and I cried out with all I had and I said, Lord, I need you to heal me. I need you to give me up. I cannot lay here. You didn't call me to be a person of illness. You called me to be a conqueror. You called me to be a leader, Lord God. And I know that in your word, it says that you took in all of this, Lord, on the cross for me, Father God. You have felt every kind of pain, Lord God. And so I ask you, Jesus, to heal me now. The next day I was up. I was walking. I did take medication. But at the end of it all, it was him because I felt it. He overwhelmed me with peace. He overwhelmed me with focus. And all I have to say, guys, is just keep walking with him no matter what. In life, you're going to have to walk through it anyways. You're either going to go through, the, through it with God or go through it with evil. Which one are you going to pick? I want to share a scripture with you today. It's uh, Revelations 21, and it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. Oh, that's so good. And that's what I look forward to. But I have it here on earth. I have the victory every day, and so do you. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your healing power, Father God. You are so good, my King. What can I say about you, Lord? But thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray, Lord, that in this service today, Father God, people are healed, Lord God. People receive, Father God, that chains need, may be broken in the name of Jesus, Lord. Devil, you are a liar and you have no place here. I thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
I was lost. I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up and now I'm set apart. From the ash I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hands. Even more than I was to say. I follow you, Lord, for all my days. Fix my eyes, following your ways. Forever free in the land of you are, you are, you are my freedom. We live too higher, live too higher. Your love, your love, your love never ending. Oh, oh, oh. You are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. In the mist, in the mist of the darkest night, well, let your love be the shining light. Breaking chains, breaking chains that were holding me. You set your sun down to set me free, and everything, everything in this world will fade. I'm fixing on until I see your face. I will live that you will be done, and I won't stop. I will stop till your kingdom come Because you are, you are, you are my freedom We live too higher, live too higher Your love, your love, your love never ending Oh, oh, oh You are alive in us Nothing can take your place You are all You are because you are, you are, you are. Sing it out, church. Live too higher, you love, you love, you love, never ending. Oh, oh, oh. You are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has said. Go sing it again. You are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has found me. Keep those hands clapping this morning. Today's a day of celebration, amen. Come on, I wanted you to lift your hands up this morning. We're here to worship a living God. He's alive, church. Come on, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we ask that you dwell in this place. Dwell in this place, God. Come. As we lift our hearts, as we lift our voice, come, we were made for a reason. We were made to worship. We were made to love, to know you, God. And this morning, God, we're lifting up our voice in praise. I was made for, I was made for, I was made for, I was made, oh, I was made 
before I was made for love. Let me hear you sing that out. I was made for, I was made for, I sing. Oh, I was made for, I was made for love. Come on, no one else. No one else can love you like I love you, Lord. Cause I was made unique in your heart. To read you, no one else, no one else can love you like I love you, Lord. Cause I was made unique in your heart. I was made to read you. And now I, now I have a purpose. Now I have a destiny. Shout a praise. 
shake before him the demons run and flee at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am the great
Sing the mountain shake. The mountain shake before me. The demons run and flee at the mention of oh, right now. There is no power in hell.
What do you speak throughout your week? What do you talk about? Many times we talk about the things that we care about the most and the things we love the most, the things we admire the most, be it our, our music or our sports or our families or what have you. But have you taken time to boast in the Lord, to proclaim what he has done, to open your mouth and tell others about your God? Lord Jesus, we want consistency here today. That as we say hallelujah in this room, as we praise you in a meeting of, of fellow believers, fellow disciples, Lord, that we're going to say hallelujah out in the world and out in our daily lives. We're going to speak of what you've done. We're going to testify just as Cynthia testified of the goodness of God in her life at the beginning of service. May she and may we all testify to your goodness and grace. May we all tell of what you've done. May we tell of how awesome you are. May we tell of how you've changed our lives. So everyone together as we resume that hallelujah. In your heart, not just singing along with the song, but think of what he has done. Think of the great things he has done. Think of creation. Think of him creating the universe. Think of him sending his son. Think of the things he has done for you and for others you know. As we sing that, hallelujah. time and just the voices, just the voices.
to praise the Lord like if the Cubs won the World Series, like if you won a billion dollars. I want you to bless them. I want you to go crazy. Take 30 seconds. Jesus, come on, dance out for joy. Jesus, you're awesome. You have done great things. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. You know you went crazy. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Metro Praise International, and it's so good to see everybody. In case you're new here, how many are new here your first time ever being in our service? A couple of you. Nice to see you guys. I met Celia earlier. Nice to see you. And Jonah, little baby Jonah. It's nice to see you all. Um, so if you're new, we take a time out in every service to preach the gospel. That is the good news about Jesus Christ. We do it for the benefit of those who are uh, not Christians. They don't know the Lord. And, and I don't know where everyone's at in this room. So we preach it for your benefit. If we could get that text on the screen, please. Everyone look at Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. This is Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find it. To break it down, what Jesus is saying is that there's only two kinds of people in the world. I'll paint it like this. There's heaven and hell. Light and darkness, truth and falsehood, God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom, saints and sinners, lost and saved. You get me? There's only two kinds of people in the world. You're on one road that leads to life, following after Jesus Christ, or you're on another road where you're doing whatever you want to do. You're doing what your friends and family do. You're doing what people in TV and Internet do, and you're following the many on the road that leads to destruction. And I find it's interesting that Jesus said it's a road. What do you do on a road? Well, they didn't have cars back then. They walked on roads. When we talk about our walk, we're speaking of the way that we live. So you can say that you're a Christian. You could say you believe these things. You could talk about what church you go to. But the way that you live speaks much louder. Once again, my friend, is your daily life marked by following after Jesus Christ, keeping his commandments, loving God, loving people, living by faith in him, or is it doing you and what the rest of the world is doing? And just as there are two kinds of people and two paths, there's two destinations, there's life and destruction, 
we believe heaven and hell. Jesus spoke about heaven and hell because he doesn't want you to go to hell. He died to save you from hell that you may be with him in heaven and have life. He said in another place that those who believe in his words have crossed over from death, from that one category where everyone finds themselves into life. We have Joselito and Bertha here. They'll be prayer workers. If we could all stand, we're going to have a time to fellowship in just a moment. But if you want to get off the path of destruction and onto the path of life, these deacons, these leaders will pray with you in just a few moments. You'll have that opportunity. What you need to do now is cling to Jesus like white on rice. That's belief in Jesus and live your daily life believing and following Jesus Christ. They will help you learn how to do that. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, everyone within the sound of my voice, I pray that you touch them. I pray that everyone who does not know you, that they will feel you knocking on their hearts, that they will feel you calling them, beckoning them, uh, that they'll, they'll sense your promise of love, of forgiveness, of life, of blessing. Lord, that, that they would not feel condemned, that they would not feel ashamed to come to you, Lord, but they would just come into the light and, and call on your name and receive your free gift of life. I pray everyone in this room will leave in that path of life. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Let's say together, before we fellowship, our confession of faith. This is our Christian worldview. It's the teaching of the Bible. Uh, let's say it at the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Let's take a moment to fellowship. Go and meet someone new. Get prayer with these wonderful leaders if you need it.
All right, who's excited to be at church today? Don't you guys love just fellowshipping and greeting everybody? We want to welcome you to Metro Praise. You guys could grab your seats. Thank you so much for joining us for our 10 a.m. service today. We're so thankful that you're here. Our services here at MPI are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. We have King's Kids in the back for children infant to 11 years old. And then we have Elevate. Come on, for students 11 to 18 years old. This is our youth group service. God is doing awesome things in Elevate. If you have teenagers, this is a place for them to be on Friday night. So we're just so thankful for all that God is doing and all the leaders that make it happen. We have a special announcement for you guys. We have a West Side Back to School Outreach. Come on. We are so excited. We want all of you guys to be able to be a part of it if you can. Set aside Saturday, August 6th at 9 a.m. to meet here so that we can go to the West Side. This is a part of our soul winning summer uh, giving for, you know, through the, through the fall. And so we're going to be giving out free food there. There's going to be music, activities, raffles. We're going to be giving away free school supplies for 100 students. It's just going to be an awesome time. So we want to have all hands on deck. If you could come out and make it happen, we would be so thankful to bless this community because it's all about the soul winning summer and it's going to go into uh, the rest of August for what we have, what God has for us to do. So mark your calendars. That is the first Saturday in August and we're looking forward to seeing you guys out there with us. Here at MPI, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. Our vision is loving God and loving people. How many of you guys like that vision? How many of you guys love loving God and loving people? Come on. And our strategy is to connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to the church through our life groups. We want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books. Then we want to send you out to do evangelism so that we can keep preaching the gospel to the lost around us. And our goal here is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. How many of you guys get excited when you hear that? Come on. We all have a part to play. So look to your neighbor, say, get connected. You could turn your hand out around. You'll see the schedule of life groups that we have for this quarter, July, August, and September. I really want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, find a place to get connected to. There's so many different types of life groups, and we are here to meet the needs of you and your family. So this week, kicking it off today, we have the marriage life group. Come on, marriage folks. You guys ready to have a picnic? Childcare is included. We're meeting here at the church at 5 p.m. That we're all going to head out. It's going to be an awesome time. Tuesday, we have the Encounter Prayer Night. This is one of our new life groups. We're so pumped about it. So if you want to come on out Tuesday, all ages are welcome here at the church at 7 for a time of prayer and worship. It's going to be powerful. Wednesday, every week, we have our King's Kids, infant to 11 years old, 630 here at the church. Thursday, our gang outreach life group, 18 years and up, 7 p.m., meet here at the church. God's rocking it out. And every Friday, we have two adult Bible studies, one at the Goveas, the other one at the Vivids, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Check out the addresses. God is on the move. So if you're an adult, you want to be at the life groups on Friday nights. If you're a teenager, you want to be at Elevate. And all throughout the week, all those other types of life groups that are happening, get connected. And then we want to mentor you. It's very important for us to be able to um, teach you about discipleship and what mentorship truly is. And that happens one-on-one -on -one here at the church. We have leaders ready to take you through the 101 book that's called Welcome to Your New Life. 
They go through that according to your schedule. You guys can meet, and they want to encourage you to get closer to Jesus. When you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, where we train you to be a leader in the church so that one day you could be an elder or deacon and accomplish all that God has for you to build his kingdom on this earth through the church. Then we want to send you out. Somebody say send. We want to send you out to do evangelism. Every Saturday, we meet here from 5 to 8. They're hitting the streets, preaching the gospel, making connections, reaching different types of neighborhoods all around this city, and God is on the move. It will change you. It will change the people that you're speaking to. If you've never done it, join them. It will change your life. It's a powerful thing. God has called us to go into all the world and make what? Make disciples. We must go and tell them, okay? We're not there to save them. It's not our job to save but it is our job to tell people about Jesus. God is the one that saves. We have to give them the good news of the gospel. Amen? So when we recap, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal, a vision of loving God and loving people, a strategy to connect you, to mentor you, and to send you out, and a goal to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Who's excited to give their tithes and offerings today? Come on, we are on section three of the Disciples Giving Book. You could go to givingbook.org if you would like to follow along. This is a book that Pastor Joe has written. It's 52 lessons all about tithes and offerings. Section three is about stewardship. It's one of my favorite sections of the whole book. Today we're on lesson two. Stewards are committed to God. How many committed people of God do I have in here today? Come on. Stewardship is the wise management. Somebody say wise Wisdom comes from God. Stewardship is the wise management of everything God has entrusted us with. Let's read in Proverbs 16:3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Let's uh, read the three main points here. Number one, commit to the Lord. To commit something to God literally means to roll them over to his care. Isn't that awesome that we have a God that we can do that with? Roll them over to his care. The picture in the Hebrew language is like someone giving their burdens to someone else to carry. Concerning your finances, we should roll them onto God because he is able to care for us. What a burden lifter, especially with finances. Trust God in your finances. Commit it to the Lord, everything that you do. Number two, whatever you do, we should commit everything in our life to God, not just our salvation. Some people just give God the bad days. But we should entrust God with paydays, bill days, and everything in between. Who's with me on that? He is worthy of everything. Whatever we do, we need to do it for his glory. Commit it to him and trust that he's going to make all things work out according to his goodwill. And number three, he will establish your plans. How many of you guys want your plans to be established by the Lord? Because everything we build is going to fall apart. But if God establishes it, God upholds it. Amen? God wants to bless you more than you could ever imagine, but he will never do it at the expense of his kingdom. Therefore, ask God to bless your plans for his glory. And in summary, roll all your financial plans onto God and let him establish your goals and dreams because he wants to see your dreams fulfilled just as much as you do. But we have to make sure that our goals and our dreams are in alignment with his will. And let's apply this to our life in three ways. Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes, which is 10% of your total income and your offerings, anything you give after your tithes. Number two, entrust all you do financially to God's wisdom and commands. And three, ask God to establish your financial plans for his kingdom. 
If that makes you excited, let's confess this together on the count of three. One, two, three. God has called us to be managers that are committed to stewarding whatever gifts we have received from him. We are to be wise, fruitful, faithful, trustworthy, multiplying, and shrewd stewards, living debt-free and generous lives, providing an inheritance for our children and grandchildren. Please stand up to your feet, and let's prepare to give the Lord our best as he's entrusted us with these finances to be wise stewards, to give our tithes and offerings. Again, MPI believes that a tithe is 10% of our total income given regularly to the church. An offering is an amount between you and the Lord, which we designate towards missions and towards building. And so we're so thankful for everybody here and you partnering with us to see his kingdom come to Chicago and to the ends of the earth. Here are four ways that you could give at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You could actually see me today if you have any questions about that. Number four, you can go online and use Chase Quick Pay, PayPal, or Bill Pay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Very easy, very convenient. Soul winning summer, I want to announce to you guys, August is a big month. Look to your neighbor say, August is huge. Come on. Okay, so we have $4,636 left in the budget for August, September, and October. And I just want to let you guys know that August is a huge month of outreach. How many of you guys remember the slide I just showed you with the announcement to go to, to the west side? We're going to Ohio Park there, giving out free food, two computers, uh, school supplies for 100 students. Well, August 28th, back to school party is going to be our outreach for this community. We're going to be giving out three computers here and school supplies for 200 students on top of having Brandon with us. So just to put into perspective for August, out of the $4,636, just for this, the, the next month alone, for August, we need 2,500 of it to go towards August. So we just want to encourage you guys to push hard, continue to be faithful and generous, and give what the Lord has you to give. Because most of what's left, like I said, is for these two outreaches that we have for next month. And then September and October, Brandon will be with us. Uh, we want to invest some monies into the youth ministry in September. So we're just believing that God's going to bring it up. But I just wanted to let you guys know that August is our huge month of outreach. And we want to believe God's going to save souls and really bring in new families from the community here as we partner together to see this happen. Who's with us? Come on. Thank you so much. Let's recite this together. Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your blessings and your provision to our life. God, I thank you that you have entrusted us to be stewards, and I pray that we would be wise and trustworthy with our tithes and our offerings. I pray that you would receive it, multiply it for your kingdom. We declare that all the monies that we need for August will come in. We believe that all that we have to do to reach Chicago and the nations to preach the gospel so that all may hear will happen as we build your kingdom and take care of your business, God. We believe that you will take care of our business. And we trust you and we thank you and we love you this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Please come forward as you give. And we thank you so much for your generosity.
Amen. How many are ready to go to a whole nother level? Make some noise. Come on. I want everybody to bust out their smartphones right now. I want to welcome you to Metro Praise International. Bust out your smart your smartphones. Come on. Your fart phones. No, your smartphones. Does anybody have a smartphone but they feel they're a dumb user? That's okay. Sometimes I feel my phone's smarter than me. Everybody get out your smartphones. Go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. You know you put your face in that book all the time, but you need to be putting your face in his book more, right? But come on. We're going to go to Facebook. Everybody to go now to Metro Praise International. If you don't have us liked yet, go ahead and just search it right there. You'll find us, Metro Praise International, and you will see that we are live right now on Facebook. It is our new way of going live. We go live now in both services on Facebook I want you to see it, and I want you to share it right now and tell your friends, my pastor about ready to preach, or just put on there, check it out, or hey, we're live, come hear this message, or share it on one of your friends' pages and be like, you need this, you need this right now, I'm telling, I know who you are, you need this, come on, see, I got the viewers going up right now, we're at 15, 15 of you are doing it. Come on, I want you to find that. You know what? We want to be technologically advanced. We want the gospel to go out to the four corners of the world. You would be shocked and surprised at how many people hear about us online. All over the world, our books are being used in many different countries. If you didn't know that, we have a publishing house here and publish our books around the world. And it's such a blessing to do this. So I just wanted you to encourage your friends to, to get on it. And then once the service is over, Bam, you can go right to this page, and you will see the full video there. Go back and like it. And then throughout the week, I'm going to post little snippets, little 60 seconds to little minute and a half snippets of the sermon so you can share. Have you guys been seeing some of that? Okay, some of you, I'm going to make sure all of you get it now because you're going to like our page. Amen? All right, let's go now to our sermon series. We're on spiritual disciplines. Today is lesson six, discipleship in Christ's likeness. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. So Christian discipleship is what it's about today. I want you to open up your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And as you're doing that, please tell your neighbor, thank you for coming today. So good to see everybody here. You know, this is a sign of uh, 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 a little picture of heaven. This is what heaven looks like. Multi-cultures, multi-generations, uh, multi-economic uh, you know, statuses. We're all here today loving Jesus. Amen. The person you're sitting next to right now is here because they love Jesus. And so we need to love Jesus and love our neighbor. Let's look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you're there, say, I'm there. Okay, if not, we're going to go right from the board. Here we go. Paul is talking. This is what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners, what? Run, but only how many get the prize? One gets the prize. Do what? Run in such a way as to get the prize. I say it together. One, two, three. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Do you want to win the prize of life? Do you want to receive the crown of life on judgment day? Keep going. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Thank you for helping me today. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Thank you. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. Come on, so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. How many want to get that prize? 
You don't want the whistle blown on you and get disqualified. You want to make it through your journey. You want to finish this race. You want to defeat the devil and your flesh. That is what the sermon series is about. All summer long to the break of break of dawn, y'all. Come on, we got it going on all summer long. If you've missed any of the messages, go back to the website, mpichurch.org. Check them out because we're on number six today. And this has got to be one of my favorite spiritual disciplines, discipleship in Christ-likeness. Because if you got this right, you're going to get all the rest of them right. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you're going to pray like you should. You're going to worship like you should. You're going to live like you should. You're going to give your finances like you should. Jesus just won't have your heart. He'll have your wallet. Amen? Some people are like, Jesus, you can have my heart, but my wallet belongs to me. You ain't touching it, Jesus. But we need to give Jesus everything. And so what I want to do today is start off this awesome sermon today with a great video that I want you to check out because I think it can open up this conversation about discipleship in such a way that I think will help us all out because it's got pictures. I mean, like pictures. And it's got cool music in the background and a cool girl telling us a story. But here's the deal. I got this from another church, and I want to see if you see any similarities to MPI, to Metro Praise International, as they talk about discipleship in their church. I want you to see if you can find anything similar. Are you guys ready? All right, let's start the video here.
Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Now, did you see any similarities? What did you see? Yes, the Connect Mentor Send for them was very similar to us. And you know why? Because it doesn't take a genius to read the Bible and figure out that these key concepts are all throughout the Bible. For them, it's gather, train, go. For us, it's connect, mentor, send. And what I love here at the end, they said, oh, we're starting to develop coaches now to help you. That's part of our push. That's what we're doing. But I want to tell you, son, MPI started day one with one-on-one discipleship. Can I hear an amen? So I love that this is catching on around the world, around the world. Sadly, still in America, only around 20% of churches have anything to offer according to discipleship. Very sad. And even fewer, 10%, have anything to offer as an evangelism. In our church, we have 150 registered disciples out of 200 adults and youth, including our children. We're a church of about 250. So when you put that just with adults, 200, we have 150 registered disciples. That's around 80% of our church is in discipleship. And then we offer those disciples one-on-one discipleship, as you heard today. And even though they graduate from that phase and can go into the 201, those disciples continue with their mentors for the rest of their time in this church. And I know you guys can verify that. Then on top of that, when you're talking about going, our church has 10 different opportunities to share your faith. On top of the life groups, going out before the Friday life groups to do evangelism, going Going out Thursday to the gang, Saturday to the streets, Friday before the youth service, Wednesday before the kids service. And I want to tell you that this church is setting forth the example and we need to continue to pray that we live that example out. Amen. Amen. So let's talk today about discipleship in Christ's likeness. Let's first look to what it means to be a disciple. Now, they read in that video, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, this is the command of Jesus. Now, I want everyone to think about this. If Jesus is important, should we listen to him? Yes or no? Yeah, we should listen to him. Now, then if Jesus came up with a method of how how to spread his important message, should we keep his method? Right. So Jesus has a message that he died on the cross for the whole world, resurrected, and whoever believes in him can be saved. But what if we put that message to people stripping at strip clubs? Is that a good method? So come to our church, watch strippers strip, and they'll tell you, "Woo! Jesus loves you, has a plan for your life. Is that a good method? No, so we need the method to line up with a message, right? So if Jesus said, here's my message, I came to die on the cross for the world uh, and save their souls, and all we do is keep having plays as a church, keep having concerts, charging you to come to our conferences, is that a good method? No, the method needs to match the message. And the method that Jesus gave is just as important as his message. So think of it this way. Is Jesus important? Yes or no? Is his message important? Yes or no? And is his method important? Yes, it is. Now God came in the flesh and could have chose any method he wanted. He could have used the method of televangelism and created TV in that generation and started being on TV, talking about for $10.99, $10.99, you could get a prayer cloth and healing could come to you and your family. And if you just bought his book for $10.99, you know, he could come up with a whole lot of televangelism. That wasn't his method, was it? It's okay to use technology, but that wasn't his method. What was the method of Jesus to get out his message? 
discipleship. I'm going to say that again. Maybe you'll know the answer now. What was Jesus' method to get out his message? Discipleship. How many disciples did Jesus have? Which one walked on water? Which one betrayed him and hung himself? Which three went to the mountain of transfiguration with him? James, John, and Peter. Which was the youngest? John, good job. I want you to think about that. Jesus could have chosen any method he wanted to share his message, and the God of all creation, who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere, who sees the beginning and the end at the same time, chose the method of discipleship. So do we have a, as a church, do we have the right to change God's method? Should, should we be able to choose what we do here and go, you know what, we're not really called to do that. We're more called to do 20-minute services with a 20-minute preaching, 20-minute songs, and 20-minute little play and skits so you can be out in an hour. And that's what we want to do because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to talk about heaven or hell. Do we as a church really have the right to do that? Today, does the McDonald's franchisee owner, the one who owns that one there on Narragansett, and I believe it's Lawrence by, uh, by Wright College, what is that corner, Narragansett? Montrose, thank you. Does that franchisee of McDonald's get the right today to start serving pizzas and hot dogs and change it all up, and you walk in there and go, what, what is this? No, they don't, do they? The McDonald's franchisee has to do what the McDonald's franchise does. Now, let me ask you this. Why are churches, so many churches, not doing what Jesus asked them to do? Why are they changing it up? I have literally sat down with pastors, and they have told me, that's great that you guys do evangelism and discipleship. I'm just not called to do that. Our church is not called to do that. We're not called to do that. We're not called to go out and preach the gospel. That's not our calling. We're so glad Metro Praise goes out to Puerto Rican Fest. We're so glad that you guys do stuff on the west side. We're so glad that you guys go out and make disciples. That's what you're good at. That's what you're good at. What we're good at is doing plays. I've actually heard people say that. What, what we're good at is making plays and putting on performances. We get all of our church together about six months before Easter. We practice, 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 practice. And then we show the world what Jesus went through. Now, that's touching. It is. I'm glad you're showing us what Jesus went through instead of SpongeBob SquarePants. Good. Amen. I'm glad you got it right. Good job. I'm glad you're not showing Buddha under the juniper tree. Thank you. You're still about Jesus. But did Jesus say to Peter, Peter, go into all the world and make plays? Peter, you go into all the world and you tell John to be Moses and then you tell Bartholomew to be Aaron and I want you to get every amphitheater in Rome you can and rent it out and you sashay yourself across the known world. You go be the Shakespeare for Jesus. Is that what Jesus said? Is that what he said? Now, how many love the worship up here? How many, how many love last week's sermon about praying and worshiping? But did Jesus say, go out and be gospel artists? Go out and just sing a song for me. And don't talk about me after you sing the song because people might get offended. 
One of the saddest, most disgusting things we've seen in the music industry is their lack of integrity, their lack of discipleship. There are even Christians right now that started off Christian rap saying Romans 1.16 were unashamed, and now they have taken that off of their label, and they're ashamed of the gospel when they're before people now in public like MTV. What do you represent? Oh, I just represent the city I come from when they all used to be about Jesus. Think about that. They started about representing Romans 1.16 being unashamed, then they removed it and became Came ashamed. God have mercy. Shame on you. Shame on you. See, here's what we need to understand is that Jesus' method is important and so is his method. Now, am I saying that Connect Mentor Send is the only way? Not at all. Am I saying it's the best way? Yeah, I'm kind of saying that. But let me, tell, let me explain to you what I mean by it's the best way. When you look at Miss America, <laughs> this is going to be a weird example, but follow me here. When you look at the Miss American pageant, you could say everyone is beautiful, right? Now at this point, it's all just a matter of preference of who's going to win, who can tap dance better, who can answer the questions better, but they're all beautiful. See, I believe Metro Praise Discipleship is at the best. There is nobody better than Metro Praise's Discipleship Program. And at this point, now it's just a matter of preference from that church video you just saw to another one down the road. But there is nobody better. We are the best of the best. Can I hear an amen? And as a matter of fact, I'll be going back into my doctoral studies tomorrow. Keep me in your prayers, please. At Trinity Evangelical Divinity Cemetery, I mean seminary. And I'll be there at TED's getting my doctorate in ministry. And I am telling you the truth. So don't think I'm just some simpleton in a storefront church that doesn't know what's going on and I'm jealous. No, I study this for a living. I study this for, this is what I do. Are you listening to me? We are the best of the best of the best. As a matter of fact, the professors that taught me in the seminary heard about what we were doing and then made us a part of their projects for the other classes that they taught for me to be interviewed for future pastors. I'm telling you the truth. Are you listening? Fellow students have come and joined us while they've been in city. One was from Germany. He could go to any church in this country he wanted to go to, any church in the city. And while we were together, he said, I have got to come see this in person and when he came he said you did not oversell it it is the kind of church you said it was it is a church of disciples making disciples can I hear an amen but our boast is in the Lord because we're nothing without him amen we're nothing without him but it is important to look at this scripture all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me how much authority does Jesus have in heaven how much authority does Jesus have on earth Okay, so anybody that has authority now, like kings and queens and uh, presidents and governors and mayors, they are borrowing God's authority. They are borrowing it. That means all authority is Jesus, and the number one thing he wants us to do with that authority is to go into all the world and make church members. Is that what it says? Therefore, go and make church members of all the nations. No, we don't do membership. What do we do? Discipleship. That's what we do. You want to be a member here? Be a disciple here. Jesus said, go into all the world and make choir members. Go into all the world and make pew sitters. Go into all the world and make conference, conference attendees. Is that what it says? Go into all the world and make what? Disciples of all nations. The initiation process of a disciple is their baptism in the name of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then you teach them to obey some of the things that Jesus commanded. Because some of that stuff just, other stuff is just crazy. Don't teach them all that other stuff. Just teach them the good stuff about heaven and prosperity and blessing. Just tell them all the good stuff. Don't tell them all that other stuff. Is that what it says? Teaching them to obey how many things? So if Jesus talked about hell, should I talk about hell? 
if Jesus talked about marriage only being one man and one woman, should I talk about marriage being only one man and one woman? If Jesus talked about morality and keeping his commands and not stealing and not doing the, the things of this world and to be separate and to be holy, if God talked about that, should we talk about that? If Jesus called religious people hypocrites and snakes and vipers, should we talk about that? If Jesus said that there was going to be signs of the end times and that there was going to be a lot of trouble going on, should we talk about that? Should we give the hope that's in the Bible, the power that's in the Bible? Should we talk about all that's in that book? Amen. If it's in that book, we're going to talk about it. Amen. He said that you don't even leave Jerusalem until you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. Amen. So that's why this church believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, to lay hands upon the sick, to cast out demons in Jesus' name, speak in new tongues. Y'all even believe that anymore? How many would still believe the Bible? Somebody say, I believe it. Come on, I'm going to show you right here. I'm going to get sassy with it. Can I get sassy with it? I'm just going to show you. Somebody turn with me to Mark 16 in their Bible. Go to Mark chapter 16. I'll show you what Jesus said. Here it is. Prophetic. Look at somebody and go, that's prophetic. I don't even know why that was up there, but it is. God knew it. Thank you, Jesus. Look at what Jesus said right here. Here's another ending passage of Jesus, another farewell passage. He said to them, go into just the nice places and preach the gospel to those that look like you, talk like you, and act like you. Is that what it said? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You preach the gospel to those who are red, black, and yellow, and all of that because they're all precious in God's sight. Amen? You preach to the white man. You preach to the black man, the Latino man, the Hispanic man, the Asian man, the woman, the child. You preach to all of God's creation. That's what we're to do. So where should I be? I should be preaching all over this world. Amen? I should be preaching to all the cultures in this city. I don't just look for people who look like me. Like, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? What's going on with you? Nothing much, man. When you go into the lake, man, I'll be out there shortly, man. All right. You're going to get on the, yeah, man, we're going to do this. I'm not going to look for people that just talk like me, right? And you don't want to just go to people that look like you. Que onda, que paso, man, yeah, well, you know, forget the gringo, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you want to talk to multiculturalists. Amen. I love going out with Armando Rosa in the back because she will preach to the white boy from Wicker Park and tell him a thing or two. Amen? You need to repent. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? She ain't afraid. Hello, don't be afraid of wet, white, black, rich, poor, anything. You preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So Jesus said it, we say it. That's it. And these signs, this is what Jesus said, and these signs will accompany those who believe. So the believers, as they go out and preach the gospel, they should be doing stuff. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. We got some in the back. You ready? And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Simply what that means there is that anything you face in life that God says you can overcome, you're going to overcome. It ain't your time yet. And there's, there's stories that they tried to poison John. John lived through it. And a snake bit Paul in the Bible, and he lived through it. And then lastly, they will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. After that, the Lord Jesus has spoken to them. He was taken up in the heavens, sat down at the right hand of God. And let's see. Then the what? Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Come on, somebody say discipleship. 
You see, today we need to understand that the method is just as important as the message. We cannot forget how important the method of discipleship is. What is the definition of discipleship? Here it is, really simple. The definition of discipleship is to be taught and trained to live like Jesus. That word in the Greek, disciple, is matheteus. The Bible was originally written in Greek for the New Testament, 27 books. 39 books of the Old Testament were written in Hebrew and a touch of Aramaic. Listen, the word matheteus in the Greek in that culture simply meant a student, an understudy, a intern. We are to be interns of Jesus. We are to be taught and trained to live like him. We are not to use the excuse, nobody's perfect, that's not for me, everybody makes mistakes. We are to look at the perfect example of Jesus and pursue perfection because that's what salvation does in our heart. Because I have been saved perfectly, now I can pursue living perfectly. I see the right standard and the steps of righteousness before me. How many want to learn the 12 duties of discipleship? Here are 12 duties of a disciple. So you're saying today, Pastor, I want to be a disciple. I want to follow Jesus. I want to do what he said. I want to be Jesus' intern. Where do I start? Well, there are a lot of teachings on the, in the Bible on discipleship, and I could summarize it by simply saying being born again, like how Jesus said in Mark 16, you know, be born again and start following him. That would be real simple. But I wanted to kind of give you a holistic view of discipleship so we could kind of work the word and go through all the Bible. How many want to see it once again? Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. The first thing that we want to do is that we want to come and follow Jesus. We want to prioritize Jesus above everything in our life. So we want to go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 14. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, I believe, right? Was it 18? Okay, thank you. Look at Jesus talking to the crowds. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, rather this is the brothers at this time. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Does everybody get that? I want you to understand the significance of this. It is never an option for you to decide to not fish for people. You cannot say, because I have heard this from many people. I, I mean, let me just tell you a story, y'all. When we were pushing out Boricua Fest about four or five years ago, and Ishmael will testify to it, the man that he was doing one-on-one -on -one with got offended and came to Ishmael and said, Pastor keeps talking about us going to Boricua Fest and preaching and that we all need to do that, but I don't feel called to do that, and I don't think he has the right to condemn me or tell me that I have to do that. And Ishmael can tell you how, the, how it went in his words, but in other words, it went like this. This man was hearing his pastor tell him, get up off your holy backside and do something for Jesus and stop hanging around the pew so long because you just stink in a pew. You just got a pew to you because all you do is keep taking, 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 taking. I'm Jamie, now take all you can give me, and you never give out, give out, give out. Now, was I condemning him? No, I was just telling him the commands of the Lord. He was condemning himself with his sinful heart. Listen to the words of Jesus. Peter, hey, come follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. At that point, there was no argument with Jesus. Well, imagine Peter saying this back to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I love you. You're so cute and cuddly. I do want to go to heaven because I think that's really awesome. I want my kids to be in Sunday school because that's really important. I also want to sing songs in the choir and be in the band, and I want to do some community stuff every now and then. But hold on. I don't want to make other disciples. Did Peter say that? What do you think would have happened? would have been bad. We would have forgot about Peter. 
Peter had been some nameless, faceless dude that just gets rebuked by Jesus. And you're going to meet some of those guys who said, I had to do stuff before they followed Jesus. So those of you here who go, well, I'm not really called to be a leader. Sometimes they sound real spiritual. I'm just called to serve in the church. I just want to help out. No, no, no. You are called to be a disciple that makes disciples, period. That's what you called to do. That's what the master said. He never bribed you. He never said, come to heaven, I'll give you a mansion. And by the way, now you got to make disciples. No, no, no. He said it right at the beginning. You want to come follow me? This is how you do it, Bubba. You start fishing for other people. Day one of Peter's experience with Jesus was now going out and getting others. Day one. Jared, who leads our evangelism, came to the youth group because they evangelized to him. And then Saturday came out evangelizing with us and got saved while he was evangelizing. That's how you do it. That's how Jesus did it. That's how Jesus did it. Now listen to me. If you have a problem with Jesus, I pity you. If you think you have a better way than Jesus, I pity you. I'm not angry at you. I pity you because you are a fool. Our God and Savior came to this earth, walked on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and could have chosen any words out of his mouth, could have chosen any method to follow, and this was his method. How dare you think you're going to change it here? This church is a church of disciples making disciples, period. We have decided to follow Jesus, and we're going to go out fishing for others to follow Jesus. At once, amen, no hesitation, at once they left their nets and followed him. Now, sometimes we forget what that means. That means they didn't make no more money that day. That means they didn't make no more money the second day. They literally put their lives on the line. Peter was married with children, said, I am leaving the family to go follow Jesus because literally at that time, Jesus was the embodiment of the kingdom of God. Where he was, you needed to be. There was no other church down the road to go hide in and say, well, this pastor ain't going to say that stuff to me, Panther. I'm going to go hide over here. There was no other place to hide. It was either Jesus' way or the highway. Hello, somebody. At once, he left his net. Is there anybody here willing to leave everything behind and follow Jesus? Amen. Amen. I love Jesus. I'm not angry. I'm just happy. Amen. Go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, because you got to follow Jesus, and then you got to receive the call of discipleship. Yes, there was more of a discussion as time went on. Matthew chapter 16, I don't know what's going on with this computer. We're going to stop it right now. Be free. No. Are you guys touching something back there? Okay. Thank you. We'll figure it out. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. If you're in verse 24, you're going to be where I'm at. If you're there, say I'm there. Now watch this right here. you got to do everything you can to follow Jesus. Now watch this. Then Jesus said to his what? His disciples. So who is he talking to here? Disciples. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself. Take up their cross and follow me. That means you deny your attitude. You deny all the things that make you want to quit. Because all of us come up with excuses to want to quit. I quit Bible college, which was a part of my discipleship, within the first quarter. Bible college started in August. I quit by Halloween. It wasn't for me. I knew more than the professors. I could do it all by myself. And God told me, you do this. This is what God told me at a gas station. You go there. I'm not going with you because I was going to go back home. He said, you go there. I'm not going with you. Some of y'all say you hear from Jesus through all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know about that. Y'all need to start hearing the Jesus of the Bible. This is how Jesus talks. 
You deny yourself. You deny your excuses. Well, pastor, I'm old. We'll be an old disciple then. Well, pastor, I'm young. We'll be a young disciple. Well, pastor, I'm tired all the time. We'll be a tired disciple and get some exercise. Well, pastor, I can't read. We'll be an illiterate disciple and we'll teach you how to read. Well, pastor, I'm a redheaded stepchild and I pee on myself at night. Well, be a redheaded peeing on yourself disciple. Come be a disciple. No more excuses. I don't care who you are, what your background is, and what your problems are. Come follow Jesus. You deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. What did Jesus do on a cross? Have a tea party? He died on the cross. You deny yourself and you count everything against God as dead. And you follow Jesus. Hallelujah. This goes for me too. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. The safest place you can be is in the will of God. The greatest thing you can do is serve God. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. How many of you have found your life being a disciple of Jesus? What good will it profit someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit the, their soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I'll tell you what, we got some soul traders here, and they're foolish. And let me tell you, you're not even gaining the whole world, and yet you're trading your soul. You're trading your soul for 30K a year. What kind of fool decision is that? You're trading your internal soul for the booty, fellas, for sexual immorality? What kind of fool is that? Even if you had all the booty in the whole world, it still wouldn't be worth your eternal soul. My friends, you got an eternal soul. You better give it to Jesus so you can find eternal life. That's the gospel, amen? Now, number three, you come to Jesus. You decide to follow him. You receive the call. Number three, you have the heart of a disciple. You go, man, my heart is with Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. And look at your neighbor and say, he's only telling us what Jesus said. He ain't saying nothing but what Jesus said. Some of you are like, I ain't never even heard Jesus say this stuff. That's because you've been listening to the Jesus of Oprah Winfrey, the Jesus of Joel Osteen, the Jesus of false pastors and teachers. You need to listen to the Jesus of the Bible. He will freak you out. And then he'll show you how much you're worth. You're worth the cross. Jesus said you were worth that. That's how much he loved you. Don't sell yourself for anything short of that. Now here's where he talks to the crowds. Now watch this. It's going to get tight, but it's right. That same day, Jesus went out the house, sat by the lake, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And he told them many things about this. He told them many things in parables. And then here's the parable. He said, we don't have time to read the whole thing. But he talks about a farmer going out and throwing down seed. Some of the seed fell on the rocks. Birds came and ate it. Some seed fell into the cracks, and it grew up just barely. And then the sun came out and scorched it, and it died. Some seed fell among weeds. It grew a little bit. The weeds choked it out. And then the other seed fell on good ground, grew, produced fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. And you can see it right here at the end. Now, what the good soil represents is this. That last person is who we want to be. It's someone who hears the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to hear this, and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. See, the Bible makes it clear for us to understand it. You just have to choose to believe it in your heart. The word is being thrown out to you right now that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son, right? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the word is coming out to you to be a disciple. And the word is coming out to you to forsake everything for his kingdom. And the word is coming out to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. If you believe that word, your heart will be like good ground, and you will bear fruit. 
You won't have to make yourself. Oh, I'm going to make myself. I'm going to fast a hundred days and make myself. No, if you just guard your heart, the fruit will grow naturally. Those who are engrafted into the vine, John 15, naturally grow the fruit. Yes, we do spiritual disciplines. We keep the commands of God, but we're not saved by those works. We're saved by the work of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so you decide what kind of heart you want. Do you get offended by Jesus or do you keep it real? Amen. And then we got to keep Jesus' commands. we got to keep his commands, all of those things that he teaches us. We've got to read and study the Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16. We live that life of prayer and worship, you know, just an example of some of those spiritual disciplines. We get committed to the church and stay accountable. How many love accountability? Can I show you accountability in James 5.16? Some people are like, I don't got to confess my sins to you. You're not Father Tom. I don't got to tell you nothing. Okay, I never said you had to confess your sins to me in some dark closet like Father Tom does, and you tell him naughty little things, okay? We're not setting up that kind of an arrangement, but there is a confession of sins to your brothers and sisters, not for the forgiveness, but for the sense of the freedom of your conscience, so that brothers walk with you and encourage you. Listen to what it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, we pray for each other. It's not just Father Tom prays for you to be absolved of your sins. I confess my sins to Ishmael as a fellow elder in this church. He confesses his to me, and we pray for each other, and we are healed in our heart. Forgiveness comes from God, but that inner healing, that inner uh, righteousness, that right standing with God comes through our prayers and understanding who we are in Christ. Can I hear an amen? Thank you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We are to be a public witness for Jesus. We are to do exactly what he said. Look at this, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, talking to the disciples. But you will receive what? Power when the what comes on you? The Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Aren't you glad these disciples took it serious? Aren't you glad they went and told others about Jesus? You, my friend, and I, my friend, would never have been told about Jesus unless someone told us. He doesn't write it on the sky with angels. He tells the gospel through people. Every now and then there will be a special occasion where they'll, he'll do that, especially you'll hear that in, mo in modern times in restricted lands like in, in North Korea or in the Middle East with Muslims who cannot, uh, gospel preaching is illegal. In those restricted places, every now and then you'll hear of a vision or an angel. But the prescribed way of the Bible is for men to tell other men about Jesus. In one sense, one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Are you willing to be a witness for Jesus? And then we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. How many believe in the gifts of the Spirit? That means that we hunger and desire God to move in our life. Some people, you know, they're afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. But look into what the Bible says. We should not be afraid of them. Follow the way of love. How many want to follow the way of love? Okay, now there are people who teach that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. And I asked them about this verse. What do you think? Love is still for today? Come on, my Baptist brother. I may be still Baptist in my doctrines, but I'm Baptocostal now. Amen? Because I also believe in the boom shakalaka power of God. You believe in the baptism of John. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. John baptized in water, but Jesus baptized in fire. Are you listening to me? So I ask them, do you all still believe in love? You all still believe in love? Oh, yeah, we believe in love. Then look at the next verse, my friend. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Then he goes on to talk about the proper use of tongues. We believe that when the Holy Spirit will come upon you, it will be evidenced by a new language you have not learned. 
This is not something to be afraid of. This is something to trust God. That language is more than just for something used among men. Languages can be used to glorify God. And that language won't have to be forced out of you. And it may not sound like someone that you've heard. But it's a spiritual language. You know why? Because in heaven they're not talking English today. They're not talking que paso today. They're talking in spiritual languages today. Heaven understands our language, but there is a divine connection that God said was good for us to speak in the languages of heaven that men don't understand, but God understands. Look at what it says. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And so we believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that evidence that you've received the power of God. Why? Because we look at the book of Acts and we see the pattern throughout the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit comes, the boom shakalaka comes. Can I hear an amen? Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separating and came to rest on each one of them. How many of them were filled? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Go ahead and get you some. Go get you some. I just double dog dare you to meet us up here at this altar today. Ask one of these beautiful prayer workers to pray for you and see what God does. Nothing up our sleeve, no manipulation. You'll see what God will do in your life. And the Bible promises you, Jesus said this, that if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will never give you an evil spirit. So those who have told you, what if I get possessed? That is a lie. And then Jesus gave the example. If a father hears his son ask for bread, does he go, here you go, here's a serpent, my son. God forbid, I would never do that to Lucas. Hello? Therefore, God knows how to give his children the Holy Spirit. Don't open yourself up to the, uh, the you know, the, the, what do they call this? The, uh, the um, things in the stars. Astrology. Don't open yourself up to that. Don't open yourself up to tarot card reading, witchcraft, Santeria, whatever that stuff is. Open yourself up to Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And you will speak in other tongues. That is not the sound of my tongue. That's an example to make you laugh. <laughs> you giggled. That was all it was meant to do. Your tongue will come from the Holy Spirit. Amen. It will not sound like a Bedouin tribe calling out one to another. Then the next thing here is you will pursue leadership and you will never give up. Now, some of you today may be saying to yourself, Pastor, I don't know if I want to do that. I want you to listen to what Jesus said to those who didn't want to do that. I have to bury my dead father. How many know this passage I'm going to? I want to show you this in the Bible. Look at it right here. Thank you. Luke chapter what? Look at Luke 9.58 from our Bible scholar. Let's give it up for Pastor Jared. Great job today with the gospel presentation. Thank you. 9 what? 58. There we go. Here it is. Now look at this. I want you to all to see this because this is somebody's attitude here today. I guarantee it. Because a lot of people don't want to follow Jesus the way he prescribed. The way they want to do it is the way they want to do it. And they just expect Jesus to just take it. Jesus, gosh darn it, can't you just be happy I came to church this morning? Come on, Jesus, Louise, Jesus, you just want me to do all of this? I know there's people here think about that. I'm being honest because I talk to my friends who live in the suburbs next to me, and I talk about driving here to come to church and be a disciple, and they say, I don't want to do that. But they'll drive three hours to go to their lake house. Hello? They'll drive three hours to go to their lake house, but they don't want to drive 40 minutes to go to a church that will teach them discipleship. And then they go, well, I'm going to go over here to this church. Well, God didn't send you that church. 
God sent you the church in front of you right now. Hello. And so we hear these excuses all the time. Well, I got to pay my bills. I just, I, get, I just tell you what, I get really frustrated sometimes because we got a church of young adults here. And, you know, let them get their first career job. You know, they're 21 years old, out of college. Let them get their first career job. And there goes church. I'm so busy, Pastor. I'm 22 years old, and I got a job, 9 to 5, and I just can't make it. I can't make it to church no more. Come on, give me a break. Don't you know Jesus loves me just the way I am? Yes, he does, stinky pants. But he loves you too much to let you have the stinky diaper on. He wants you to change it. I love my daughter just the way she is when she smells like poo-poo. Last night, it was just ranktified up in our bedroom. Where's my wife? We were playing, and she was jumping around and shaking her booty. And I said, oh, no, a bomb went off in here. It smelled, am I not telling the truth? I said, she has pooped her pants. And mom had sinus issues, so mom couldn't even smell it. And then she went down there to open up. She's like, wow, you know, you made that look. Come on. Yes, do we love Zoe with her poo-poo pants and all? Yes, we do. But we love her too much to let her be that way. Let me tell you something, you 22 young adult with a bobo in your mouth. You start living for Jesus and stop making excuses. You ain't the only one to have to make a sacrifice for Jesus around here. I gave my whole 20s to Jesus, amen? I gave up everything to work in projects. You don't know nothing about sacrifice yet. You better learn to serve Jesus. He died on the cross and said you were worth it. You need to give up some time and say, Jesus, you're worth it too. Because you loved me, I love you, Jesus. Because you went the extra mile for me, I'll go the extra mile for you. Oh, here we go. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, you sure? Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. See, Jesus was not bribing us. Yes, there is a heaven. Yes, there is a blessed life. I have been so much more blessed now serving God than I ever was. But that's not the way it is for everybody. There are some people in other countries, when they come to Jesus, they lose their house. They don't get one. Hello? In other countries, there's people, when they serve Jesus, they don't find a wife. They lose their wife. They don't get their kids back. They lose their kids. They don't find a great life. They get killed. That's why I wear this bracelet to remind me of the persecuted church. I buy them for free online at Open Door, and I'll give them away to anybody here today that wants to remember the persecuted church because Jesus always had that in mind. A guy goes, I'll follow you wherever you go, and Jesus goes, okay, we don't have nowhere to lay our head, and we don't have a lot of, a lot of money. And then Jesus said to another man, follow me. But this man had a big old butt. Everybody say he had a big old butt. See, Jesus said, follow me, and he goes, but Jesus... But Jesus, oh, I got a big old but Jesus. Let me first go bury my dead father. Now, some of y'all think that's, the, that's a good reason because your big old butts don't even sound nowhere near like that. Jesus says, come follow me, but I got to do laundry on Sundays. Jesus says, let's go evangelizing, but I'm so shy. Oh, let's go out and win the West Side, but I'm so scared of black folk in the project. Oh, let's go out and go to the high school, but them young people so crazy. Oh, let's go out and preach the gospel, but I'm so old. Hello? I'm preaching Southern today. Hope you up. I'm preaching. Come on. Everybody got a big old butt they want to throw around. Put your butt on slim fast. Get rid of your butts. Amen. Obey Jesus. Now, this man legitimately seemed to have a reason, right? My dad died. 
and he's a man. That means in the, in the culture they were in, the man had to take over for the family, had to take over the father's occupation. You see, Joseph was a carpenter. Therefore, Jesus was a carpenter. Peter and James, their father was carpenter, uh, a fisherman. That's why they were fishermen. Y'all get it, right? You were raised up in the family business. Something happens to your father. There's no social security. There's no way to get money to that house anymore. And you know as well as I do, women live longer than men. That means his mother needed to be provided for, let alone if he had other family members, let alone if they had a big old business that they had to take care of. Everybody wasn't broken, busted in the old world. Are you listening to me? There was rich people. This mind man might have been a rich man with a rich business that he had to take over for his father. Imagine Donald Trump passes. Trump Jr. is going to come and take it. And now Jesus says, follow me. And he says, my dad just died. I got a funeral I got to go to. I got to take care of my mom. I got to take care of business obligations. And this is what Jesus said. Let the dead go bury the dead. Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go to church and sit on the pew all the time and just clap. No, you go and you start preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God. You know why? Because where Jesus was was the most important thing. Jesus saw, remember, the end from the beginning. Jesus understood y'all going to die anyway. Mama going to die. You're going to die. Everybody you see here 80 years from now going to die. And I see where they go without me. I know the pain and the torment they have. You better run. You better run and tell the world about me. You better tell them about the kingdom because that's all that lasts after this world, Johnny. That's all that lasts, Bubba. That's what Jesus was saying. You better get up. You better tell your neighbor. You better tell your coworker. You better be a disciple. This don't last. It's but a puff of smoke. Grains of sand slipping through your fingers. Imagine the man who jumps out the plane, air passing through him. Those are the days of your life. It is over. Ground is approaching. You better have Jesus on your side. Pull that ripcord and be saved. Still another said, Jesus, I know what you just said to this man. I ain't staying for a funeral, but I will follow you if, if, but, 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 here's my big old but. If you first let me just go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus, I don't need to go to a funeral. I don't need to take over my father's business. I just, can I just tell my wife? See, I used to read this as a kid. When I was a kid, I was like, I don't understand what it's like to be a family man. Now I understand. I got four kids, pregnant wife. Imagine Jesus strolling down the hood here today. Are you listening? And I'm saying, Jesus, I just want to say goodbye to my wife. There is no texting then. There is no email. She won't even know where I went. Jesus, can I at least say goodbye? Bye to my family before we start traveling this Galilean road or wherever we're going. Now, look what Jesus said. I love Jesus because he always cared about us. He cared about us. He said, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And some of you think that's mean of Jesus to say that. But I want you to understand this. If I am driving my car, as I do here every week, coming back and forth on the 90. And I'm driving that car, and my daughter has a problem. Imagine if there's no rearview mirror, these cool little things they have now that give me a good vision of what's back there. Imagine there's nothing like that, okay? And my daughter has a problem. I look back for a minute. I look back for a second. I will kill us all. Are you listening to me? You hit a car going 70 miles an hour, I will kill us all. 
what Jesus was telling this man, the best thing you can do for your families, you just walk with me right now. Don't you think they could have sent a messenger as they went along? Don't you think Jesus was smart? Hey, to go back and tell this man's wife he's with me. Could have been done in two seconds. But see, this man was so worried about his little life that he couldn't trust God for 60 seconds to go forward instead of looking back. And God is trying to tell you, stop looking back. Well, I'm just going to say bye to my friends one last time, one last time at the club. Well, I'm going to say bye to my group one last time. And God is saying, one last look can cost your soul. Cost your soul. How do you think my sister died drinking and driving? I prayed with her two weeks earlier for her to, to know Jesus on the phone. And she went back to that bar one more time. Look back one more time. That's it. Last time driving drunk. You're done. Hit a pole going 70 miles an hour. You and I think we have more time. God was saying, this is it right now. Now. And that's what it takes to be a disciple. So I don't want to hear from you today that you believe there's another way. If you do, there's more teachings to help you out. But I want to encourage you to submit yourself to Jesus Christ. I don't even have time to get into the Christ likeness. Can I talk about that next week? Amen. So it will be a part two on this. But I just want to tell you with everything in my heart, Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ has a plan for your life. When he told us these things right here, this was for our own good. Vinny and the band, would you come, please? This was for our own good. Somebody say, Jesus loves me, this I know. Come on, for the Bible tells me so. God wants us to know his truth. What is the Christian businessman going to look like as a disciple? Well, he's going to put God first in all he does. He's going to use his influence to change the world for Jesus. He's going to use the wealth that he makes to impact the world. He's going to treat his employees fair. What does the single mom look like when she's a disciple for Jesus? She's going to raise her children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. She's going to find her strength in God and teach her children that God is the father of the fatherless. She's going to bring them to church and have the children look up to other godly men in the congregation of the saints. What does it look like when a teenager lives for Jesus? He's going to start giving his free time to the church and to God instead of the video games and social media. He'll start going to the youth group, coming early, staying late. He'll start doing discipleship. He'll start going to the parks, helping his friends. One of the biggest regrets I have, teenagers, everybody look up at me, is that I didn't live for God in my high school. You use that opportunity for Jesus. What does a married couple look like when they're disciples of Jesus Christ? They start and finish their day with Jesus. They have meals around their table, and they thank God for all that he's done. If they have children, they raise their children in the fear and admonition of God. They literally make leave it to beaver look like a reality in the 21st century. People have walked into my house literally like they have walked into a time machine. We went into McDonald's the other day. There were four kids or four or five kids in that place, and it was so loud, so disruptive, four, four kids. I walked in with my four kids. They looked at them like they were crazy and just sat down and started eating. When the kids left, my kids said, I cannot believe how loud they were. I've had my children turn. I'll cry right here. I've had my children turn away their head when they've seen girls in a bikini just because they felt it was so inappropriate. And we never even taught them that. I've had my kids plug their ears while they're watching shows that just say the word stupid because it grieves their conscience. 
See, what does it look like when a family gets right with God? They guard their children's heart and conscience. They guard the husband and wife, their relationship. Okay, Jesus had a message, didn't he? And he had a method. I got a video on there that you guys can watch. But I want to show you some practical ways to do it. Number one, we're going to love God and love people. Come on, somebody say amen. We're going to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves. We're going to connect to the cross, be trained with the cross, and sent out with the cross. Amen? We're going to connect with heaven, be touched with heaven, and share heaven with the world. We're going to connect to our inner soul, be trained to know who we are, and share that transformation with others. And we're going to have a goal, just not aimlessly running around. We're going to have a goal of 100,050 churches, 500 around the world. Amen? Now, today at Metro Praise, there are 150 registered disciples as of right now. I believe 149 to be exact. But we're averaging 152 for the year since January. Averaging 152. We go up sometimes to 150-something. Now, I want you to imagine if every disciple this year was simply just obedient to Jesus, just like Ishmael has been, just like how Lauren has been, just like Joselito has been, just like Adam has been, just like Jerry. Listen, they are all doing it right now. You have disciples among you literally doing what Jesus said. They may make mistakes, they may sin, but they ask for forgiveness and get up. If we just had all of y'all do exactly what you're supposed to do, be a disciple, go through our 101, 201, and make that new disciple. You can do it this year. You can still do it. You have time. In 2017, we would have 300 disciples. 300. If those 300 just simply did it again, and Ishmael has been doing this for about 10 years. This is going to be a 10-year plan right here. Ishmael's done it for 10 years. If I could just have disciples do what Ish has done, Lauren has done, Berto has done, I'm telling you, they're already doing it. It's not like you've got to do more, do more, do more. Just do what disciples do. You understand? God wants you to sleep. He wants you to have a job. He, he enjoys what you enjoy. If it's pure, are you listening? God likes it when I go fishing. God likes it when I take my wife out. Hello? If we all just were disciples that made disciples, the next year we would have 600. 2019, we would have 1,200. 2020, we would have 2,400. 2021, we would have 4,800. In 2022, as Ish has been doing, he just keeps doing it, but more of you now are joining with him, and the disciples you've been making are joining with us. Then in 2023, we have 19,000. 2024, 38,000. 2025, 78,000. By 2026, literally two, uh, 10 years from right now, if we all just did what Jesus said to do, we would have 153,600 disciples. How many believe God can do it? Would you stand to your feet? Come on, let's praise God. We love you, Jesus. How many think it's an honor to be a disciple? Come on. Come on, how many want to thank God for being a disciple today? Come on, praise God right now. 30 seconds, let's praise God. Come on, man, get excited. Come on, let's get excited. Praise God, don't stop. Come on, you praise Him today. Come on, 15 more seconds. Jesus, Jesus, we're honored to be disciples. I don't care what this world says. I want to be a disciple.
come on, five more seconds. Praise God that you get to be his intern, that you get to be a son or daughter in the family business. Hallelujah. Jesus, let's pray. Father, we want to be like your son. He is amazing and he is awesome. Just want to be like Jesus. Father, I want to be like him. Come on, somebody, come on, tell Jesus you want to be like him. Father, just want to be like Jesus. Some of y'all sing that in your spirit right now. Come on. Just want to be like Jesus. Father, we want to be like the Son of God today. We want to be disciples who make disciples. Jesus, Jesus, just tell him right now, I want to be like you, Jesus, Jesus, altar workers, would you come, come on altar workers, Jesus, if you want to be like Jesus, come to your, come from your seats to these altar workers right now, we'll dismiss in just a moment. But if you want prayer to be like Jesus, come to these altars. I feel the Holy Spirit. Right now, come. Come right now. Jesus. Yes, I will follow. Jesus. Yes, I will follow. Come on from your seats. Who wants to be like Jesus? Who wants to get the sin out today? Who wants to get the junk out? Come on. Come on. Come on. The Lord is here for you. Make it right. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. If you haven't joined the discipleship program, come on up. If you haven't joined the discipleship program, we're going to wait for some of you to come up and receive prayer. If you've had a bad attitude about the discipleship program, come on up. If you want to recommit to discipleship, come up. If you've had sin in your life, come up. If you've been afraid, come up. If you're new and want to join, come up. We're going to take a few more moments before we have our official dismissal because I feel the Lord here. The moment I said, Father, I want to be like Jesus, I felt a release of the Holy Spirit. Come on, how many want to be like Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. We forsake all. We want to be like you. We want to do what you do. Come on, Jerry, put down your mic. We need help praying up here. Come on, Chris, we need help praying up here. Come on, put down your mic, help pray. Come on, more of you need to come. I'm not manipulating you. I'm just telling you, some of you need to come and say, I want to follow Jesus no matter the cost. I'm going to follow Jesus. 
Come on, we got prayer workers waiting. 30 seconds right now. We want to see you give it all for Jesus. One more time, band, from your heart, whatever you're singing, come on, lift it up. Jesus, devil, you're a liar. You can't have these people. They belong to the Holy Ghost. Fire! Fire! Fire of the Holy Ghost! Fuego! Jesus! 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 Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost! Jesus! Jesus! I will follow. Jesus! I will follow. Jesus! If you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, come up now. Don't be afraid. Nobody will manipulate you. Nobody will make you do it. But if you want to speak in other tongues, come on, you want the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come now, come quickly. If you've been afraid to go evangelizing, if you've been afraid to go on the streets with the brothers and sisters, come now, receive the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus. 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 Here I am. And here I am, Lord. This is a song of the Spirit from Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Send me out, go. Send me out, we'll go. Come on, here I am, Lord. Hands raised across this place. Here I am. Come on, saints, let's sing it out to Jesus before we go. Here I am, Lord. a few more times fire in this house come on Come on, just the voices and the drum. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Come on, shout it out, saints. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. 
Now just the ladies, just the ladies, raise up your voices. Here I am. Just the fellas, mighty warriors, sing it out. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Jesus, in the murder capital. Here I am. Ready to go back to my job and family. Yes, Lord. Oh, here I am. Come on, I'm going to be a warrior for Christ. Send Now, everybody, shout it out to the Lord. More time. Whoa, whoa. If you're ready to go, give Jesus a victory hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 The enemy's been defeated. The enemy's been defeated. I want to give a chance for one of you. It doesn't matter who you are, but any one of you that came for prayer during this altar call, I'm going to give you a chance to say you're for God right now and close us out in prayer. Which one of you who just got prayed for who will say, I will step out right now in front of this church and go, man, I'll, I'll close this out because I'm a disciple. Whoever they are, I want them right now. Whoever, you can step out. Come on. I don't care who it is. Sister Julie going to pray for us. Let's give it up for Sister Julie. Amen. You going to be a disciple? I dropped out of 201. I had lots of buts, lots of things that I needed to come up in my life. And I felt my heart touched this morning. I'm coming back to 201. No more excuses. So with that, I'd like to close in prayer. Cynthia got up. I'm going to have Julie close in prayer. But tell your testimony. I want to thank God for pointing my heart to me and bringing me back in. Amen. Come on. God bless you. Close us out, Sister Julie. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you for our families. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord. I am here and I will listen. I do not want to get left behind. I want to go to and be saved. In Jesus' name. Let's go be disciples that make disciples. Amen. Have a great week. Slap somebody high five and say, I'll see you at life groups. Otherwise, fellowship, we still have prayer up here. Would you lead us out, man of God? That was beautiful. God bless you as you go today. Yes, you are good. You're good. If you want to hang out for the after party, you can join us. Otherwise, be blessed. You are good. Yes, you, you are, are good. good. You're good. Oh.
Jesus will never let you down. Let's sing. You're never gonna let It's never. You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down. 